Hey, y'all. Uh, welcome back. Episode 27, still not canceled, surprisingly. No. Nope. Uh, <laughs> thank you for continuing listening to us, guys. Uh, tonight, we're going to kind of spin it a little bit. We're going to dive into the sports industry. So uh, as many of you have listened and know or haven't listened and whatnot and know us personally, you know that Kevin and I have both worked or continually work in the sports industry in various um, manners. So we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. We're going to dive into Kevin's awesome jersey. What t-shirt I'm wearing tonight, because this t-shirt is phenomenal. Kevin saw it earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, we're kind of talk about that kind of stuff. Give our experiences of what we liked, what we enjoyed, what what things we we weren't a fan of. And Kevin proposed a great question. We'll jump to it later. But let's just say it involves picking any type of job in the sports world out of a list that he sent with no questions asked that you'd want to do. So we're going to have some fun. Um, yes switching it up a little yeah yeah we're gonna switch it up a little bit and maybe next week we'll have a guest or two i don't know we're just kind of winging it at this point yeah we'll figure it out (laughs) we'll have to bring back andrew on we i feel like we have to have at least andrew back on like at least monthly so he can review be like yo this sucked here i know yeah do that that's true but he he uh texted me earlier and he said he was gonna get hammered tonight so he won't shout out to our producer yeah, um, I've already told him he needs some Pedialyte bacon, egg, and cheese. Hey, y'all, if you have any suggestions on how to cure a hangover for a college student, send them our way on the podcast uh, Instagram <laughs> page. We'll send them to Andrew and let him know, hey, try these. Um, anything. We'll, we'll, we'll do anything. If it's like a pickle in a jar or drink a jar of pickle juice, whatever it is, we'll, we'll tell him to do it. So, <laughs> And we'll make him do it. And we'll let you guys know what happens. Yeah, we'll make it. We'll make him do it when we uh, go to our trip to Pittsburgh in the West Virginia game. See how he fares during yes. that one. I'm very excited for him. He might. He might die because of Leland. Very possible. Very possible. I'm not carrying him though. He's a rag doll, so it's fine. Yeah, we'll figure it out. He'll, he'll, we'll 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 make do. Uh, he's got plenty of time to train. Yeah, we still they still haven't even released tickets yet. And uh, from what I heard, is they're doing a blackout for the West Virginia area code. So really? yeah, Pittsburgh is really trying to make sure it's like full of pit fans, which doesn't happen because they yeah. don't have fans. That is a true. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll get into that stuff later on and stuff. Um, but let's jump into our weekly sports update. I'm going to start off with the somber note. Um, as everyone has heard all, at this point, unless you are living under a rock or, don't have a phone. Um, former Ohio State and former Washington Commander, and I believe he was a current Pittsburgh Steeler mm-hmm. quarterback. Dwayne Haskins passed away uh, abruptly on Saturday morning after being hit by a car in Southern Florida. Uh, he was down there training with a few of his Steeler teammates for, during the offseason, like a lot of these guys do. Um, so extremely sad news um for him or for for the Steelers organization for the commanders organization for Ohio State but also for his family and friends that knew him extremely well um I think he got a raw in the deal when he came into the league and was put into a very tough situation and I think when he landed in in Pittsburgh it was the best situation for him I was really hoping to see him prosper and develop as the years went on but uh, sadly, we won't see that. So, you know, 
Yeah, it's definitely tough because, I mean, I know a lot of people talked about that. He really loved being in Pittsburgh. He loved the atmosphere. He never wanted to leave. So, like, you know, offseason is here pretty much where other players will probably go to other states for their home to, like, rest and recoup. He was staying in Pittsburgh, training, getting ready. You know, Ben Roethlisberger just retired. So, you know, he had an he had a really good chance to possibly get a maybe the starting job if he performed well or even, you know, the number two job. Uh, it's just super sad, especially because I felt like he was on the up and up and he was finally getting out of that rut that he was in being for his other, where the other teams where he was at. So, you know, it's definitely shocking to see. I think I found out from you via text when he passed. Yeah. I was, I was just like, what the hell? I saw the infamous, the now infamous Adam Schefter tweet, which he d- deleted, which has yeah. ca- caused a lot of turmoil, which I agree that his, yeah. his wording was extremely poor in that tweet that he s- sent out. But that's how I found out. And because yeah. his tweet was, if anybody doesn't know, I think he, in the tweet, he just kind the wording that he used may be true, but at the same time, very the, insensitive at the time. Yeah. Uh, I would be incredibly insulted if I were anybody of the Haskins family and they saw that. Or professional you know, athlete. Like they all went out yeah. and they were like, this is what you guys think of us as just this. Um, so yeah, not, not a great look for Adam Schefter. Yeah. Um, he actually put out a tweet uh, and he put out a little thing on his podcast where he like, he apologized and he, you know, wanted to celebrate him the right way, yeah. uh, which he did. But at the same time, I think you just got to know better, man. Come on now, Adam. I did see a, a really cool video. I think it was on Instagram or something of Dwayne Haskins when he was really, really little. And he must, he's from Ohio. First off, everybody, if you didn't know that he is from Ohio. Originally. Is he? Yeah. Okay. So he went to Ohio state for like a football camp or something. He's like seven, eight years old. And he's walking around in a football jersey and he goes, I'm going to play football here. The kid went and went. He he did it. He originally was with Maryland and then Maryland lost their whole coaching staff because they were god awful. Um, And then he went to Ohio State and two balled out Ohio State, probably one of the better quarterbacks to come out of Ohio State in the past 10 years or so. I can't really think of an Ohio State quarterback that's actually done anything. Mm-hmm. Now that I think of it, I can't think of one. <laughs> nope. I can't think of one other than Terrell Pryor as a wide receiver right now. Yeah, it's been that long, in my opinion. Braxton Miller as a wide receiver for the Texans. He was pretty good. I like yeah. him. Yeah, it's true. All right. Um, Kevin, we'll, we'll kind of jump over to – actually, we'll save this one because we'll talk NBA stuff as a whole. Tiger was back at the Masters this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not think he was going to make the weekend cut. Mm-hmm. He barely made it. So he started off the, I think he was like one, one under. And then Friday he shot two over. So he was one over and made mm-hmm. the cut. Yeah. Saturday comes around, did not do so well. He was plus five. So he was, he was up, you know, plus six at the end of the day. And then he was plus 13 to end it all. So 
understandable it's his first real big tournament coming back from a horrible car accident that nearly killed him and almost lost his leg all that um but it's just cool to have tiger back on the golf course because you and i talked about last week we don't we don't care about golf unless tiger's involved that is indeed a fact i mean we all talked about it that you know he's he's golf to a lot of people Tiger Woods is there. We're turning on the Masters. He's not. Yeah, we could really care less. Yeah, exactly. But he did. Um, I guess after the Masters, he tweeted out. He's like, um, because St Andrews, whatever the the golf course over in Scotland or England. I, I can't. I don't know which. It's over in the UK somewhere. Um, is like one of the best golf courses in the world, and one mm-hmm. of the tournaments is there, and um. He they tweeted at him. He goes, "I'll see you in a couple of weeks." And everyone's like, "He's coming over." And it's it's this whole paradox with Tiger Woods of like, he shows up, people pay attention. Yeah, are we talking about the Open at St Andrews in yeah. July? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. He's he's gonna he's gonna be there, and then the PGA Championship at Southern Hills was uncertain. Yeah, but he'll probably be there. But he said that. It's his favorite golf course in the world at St. Andrews. So he's going to be there. So, I love that golf course. It's such a cool one to watch people play at. Like, I've never golf. seen it. What does it look like? Um, look it up. There, there's one spot. Um, I, I don't know what hole it is, but it's literally a sand. It's uh, one of the you know sand pits that they have. And it's just a straight wall. And you can't get over it like at yeah. all. One guy, one year, sh- took a shot right off the rock wall that he was in front of mm-hmm. and so it was an easier easier shot doing it that way than trying to kind of move himself around without touching the ball and he drills it and gets it on the green it was it, they oh does this have like that stone bridge or something yeah the infamous stone uh, bridge going to the final hall yep okay oh that's actually a really it's such a regal looking it's like beautiful golf it's beautiful isn't it yeah that's a nice one i dig that all yeah. right you go tiger yeah, you go Tiger. Go Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. Yes. Um, what do we got next? Oh, you know, you're, you're Lakers. Oh, yeah. My Lakers are in turmoil. I oh, mean, yeah. what else do we have to say? I mean, you knew Frank Vogel was going to get fired. I will say it's definitely class, not very the classiest move to fire him, and he doesn't even know he's getting fired. Oh, But I respect the way he owned it. He was like, I haven't heard shit. So I'm going to worry about tomorrow, tomorrow, but I'm going to watch these young men play the game as hard as they can, and we'll figure it out from there. But, you know, we knew Frank Vogel was going to go. The Lakers had it on the wall. Mm-hmm. And I think right now we have to reevaluate what the team's going to look like. Are you going to structure it around just LeBron and, and AD? Are you, you going to prepare – for AD to be maybe miss a couple games or are you banking on him being healthy? Um, I think the way you construct this roster, I think I would honestly get a third guy because I just don't think you can rely on Anthony Davis right now. He's been proven unreliable. Can't play more than like 40 games. And, yeah. you know, I'll say it as a Laker fan, you know, LeBron had a wasted year this year. He played really well certain times but at the, but at the end of the day he's not in his 20s anymore can't carry this team by himself he needs mm-hmm. help 
He needs some shooters on the wing. He needs some guys that are going to get the rebounds to throw it out there. I don't know who they're going to be able to get because the old, it's just been shown, especially with this year's roster going after all of with all of your buddies that are like former all-stars in the early two thousands. It's just not going to cut it right now. You need young talent that is going to be able to get out there and run, play some defense, hit some shots when you're open, when LeBron passes it to you. If you, you're not going to do that. I mean, it's, you, you need to figure out something or you think AD is expendable and you switch up the way you're going to play because right now this year just proved what they're doing right now is not going to be sustainable. Yeah. They, uh, they need to blow it up. I, I, if I'm the Lakers truly, if, if I was in charge of the Lakers um, and this is not me being a by a Celtics fan saying, blow it up and get rid of it all. I think they really need to, I think, you know, yes, LeBron is a great player. LeBron is LeBron, but he's getting to the point in his career where, like I said, he can't carry a team. He doesn't have the, the supporting cast. Like none of them were healthy. Russell Westbrook looked like a shell of himself. It was Um, the worst we've ever seen him. And Anthony Davis is a non-existent human being on that team. Same with Carmelo Anthony and all these other guys that just kind of floated in and floated out. Um, I think Melo should retire at this point. He should have stayed in Portland first off. I think that would have been a better situation for him. At this point, just retire, be done. You're never going to get your ring. Um, Sadly. I think you trade Westbrook because I think he still has like a couple of years left on his big ass contract. He signed trade- uh, next year. It's actually his last year, but the problem is this one year is like 45 million. Yeah. So you're going to have to take some of that hit. You're, you're not going to trade all $45 million worth of that contract. You're going to need to take some of it to absorb. Um, you need to trade him away. If I'm the Lakers, I'm trading Anthony Davis. The thing is, who would bite for him is the problem. You know there's going to be a team, say, like Charlotte, say the, the Pelicans, where he was already. Something like super that. Super interesting. Like, just these teams, take the young talent. Yeah, they, they're going to be like, well, you're so close. You're like this close. You just need a really good player right there, and you're going to jump that ship real fast. I, the only thing I worry about is with LeBron – do you bring in young talent and does he reciprocate and work with that young talent or does he just get pissed off when they aren't doing what he wants them to do? Well, the, the question I think is if you're going to blow it up and say, cause let's just be real. We all know this. LeBron is the one that is, he has a say in this roster. Let's, let's be honest. He, he has a say in this roster. roster. He built yeah. the roster. Yeah. So I think it's going to be up to him. So like you say, trade Anthony Davis away for some young guys. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a going to determine on who those young guys are. Like they got to have some sort of experience. They got to have, you know, a certain skill set. I think that would work out, but it's going to be, it's going to be really hard because their salary cap is really rough. And unless they do some, crazy things and they get some people to bite 
I don't know what draft picks look like. I I mean, I really hope you're drafting well. They got the the young guy, Austin Reeves, who isn't bad. Yeah. But you 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 need more than that, and it's you, you know you're. I think the Lakers are gonna have to like do it the hard way. You're gonna. I don't know how you're gonna sell people to play. I mean, LeBron playing with LeBron is a is a sell, but it's it's been done already. And I but is think, it a, is it a sell anymore? Can it's you, a quarter sell. I think it, yeah. it's a quarter sell depending on what type of person. Like if you're like a shooter, you know, you you get the intrigue that you're going to get some assists for LeBron to be at, as long as you're open on the wings, you know, you're going to be able to throw it out there to you. But I think they really got to be smart with who they're picking draft wise. Mm-hmm. If they're going to move up for people, I really hope they have a good scouting department because you need to start doing it the hard way as opposed to the LeBron way because the LeBron way proved this year that that way has gone and passed its time, and you guys need to start getting some younger talent doing it the hard way. Yeah, I agree. He, uh, the LeBron way worked for a while. Yeah, the, it was a nice. It was a nice way for to for a couple a couple years string. Yeah, but other people have caught up. Think and about like they've, your... they've missed the playoffs with so I saw something LeBron in the missing the playoffs from when he was drafted until he went to the Lakers. He only missed the playoffs twice, I think two or three times at most. Twice were with the Lakers, and then no, twice before the Lakers. He's been on the Lakers for four years now. He's right? done it twice. He's done it twice, which is crazy, and. It's not like he's just missing. They're missing it by a mile. Yeah. It's, it's... bad. And it, are we seeing the end of – I think we, are, we aren't technically seeing the end of LeBron's career, but are we seeing the end of people listening to what he has to say on talent I... evaluation? Because this year should be a very big testament to that saying he – he he suggested these guys who brought him in they didn't work like he's not a talent scout he brought his friends in he brought people that he knows personally which is fine i get that mm-hmm. but you, you want to build a team not just chill with your boys yeah it's it's going to be a long off season for them they're going to have to do some real digging and get mm-hmm. real creative on what to do especially with their salary cap stuff. Cause I mean that Russell Westbrook's 45 million. I think that's correct. If I'm correct for that one year is a crippler. Yeah. That poison pill in the contract. Uh, who knows what's going to happen. Maybe you can get some like draft capital or something, but they need to get younger and they need to get people that can shoot around LeBron. They can't do that. We're going to see it. We're going to talk about this again next year. Yay! Yay! And myself, <laughs> you know, let's just jump into the playoff picture. My Celtics are number two in the seat to, in the East right now, and they're most likely going to play the Brooklyn Nets. Wow! Can you imagine? That is going to be something. Because the Nets are winning eighty-one to sixty-four right now. Who is that uh, against? Cleveland. Oh, okay, okay. It's going to yeah, be interesting. That's going to be a seven-game series. I don't. I honestly. I don't think so. Okay. I think you have, and I'll turn look. So 
you have two players on that the Nets team, and that's it. I know. There's no one else that can really do anything at this point. Mm-hmm. The, and I, when I say they can't do anything, they can. They shoot. They can score. They 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 can work around that. Mm-hmm. But Kyrie and Durant are going to get theirs no matter what. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest. Marcus Smart's probably a defensive player of the year. He should be. He's going to be in Kyrie's face the whole time. Kyrie doesn't bode well when it's a, a defender that's a little bit bigger and is not going to get out, get out of his way. Durant is going to go up against Tatum. Last time Durant went up against Tatum, Tatum, Tatum made him look like a fool. So, and, and you're going to have, the only thing you're missing for the Celtics is Rob Williams isn't playing most mm. likely in the first that's round. That's a big loss for y'all too. That That's huge. But apparently he's, he's progressing very quickly through his rehab. So maybe he does play. Maybe he somehow is able to play a little bit. That's a big difference. Still at the same time, I'm liking what I'm seeing, how they've been playing. They literally lost the bucks by like four or five, a couple of weeks, like last week mm-hmm. um, without Horford and Tatum and Brown mm-hmm. carried them. So it's like, this team can do it. I think this is that team. So, I, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I just think, you know, Kyrie, even though Kyrie hasn't played much, he he's fresh still. Mm-hmm. Fresh legs matter. And just watching KD, he's going to will his way and going to get his as much as he can. So if it's going to be the Kevin and Kyrie show, like it, I, I, I would not be surprised if those two willed them past the second round into the Eastern semis, I wouldn't be surprised because I know they can do it, but it's just how long can they sustain it? Or if they get any help, are you going to get more help from Patty Mills? Are you going to get something from Blake Griffin, Bruce Brown, Nick Claxton, all those guys, you know, are you going to get something out of them or are they really just going to truly have to carry this to, to themselves? If, if it's only going to be the two of them carrying everything, Merritt, Celtics probably going to be get them in five, five I, or six. I, I think the series goes six. I think I think it goes six. Um, I don't think it goes past six. Mm-hmm. I think the Celtics take game one, and that's game two. Mm-hmm. Celtics take the next two. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn back against the wall wins the fifth game, and then the Celtics just say, "I'm we're done," mm-hmm. and put the nail okay. in the coffin. Um, I'm with it, but I will definitely say for me, I still like the Bucks. I think oh, the Giannis Bucks, is amazing. The Bucks, I think look, the Bucks they have too much scary. experience right now. They got a lot of good guards on their team. Like they said, we talk about our guy, Javon Carter, bringing him in. You know, Drew Holiday still there. Brooke Lopez is getting into, getting his legs back out here. Bobby Portis still doing what he's supposed to do. Who else is on? I, I'm, who am I drawing up? Like they have a um, defender. Don't they have like Wesley Matthews or something? Yep, no, that's Wesley Matthews. Do they? Or yeah. yep, yep. Okay, yeah. So like you got your defender there. I they mean, have a kid, they have a kid from Boston uh, who's actually grew up in like Dorchester area. Um, he's a pretty decent shooter, white kid. Okay. Um, yeah, we I mean, we're missing the number one team. Miami is your number one team. Yeah, I mean, I like Miami. I mean, Jimmy Buckets gets his. But that but team, the, did you hear, though? They're going to be without somebody for 
part of the Ooh. first round. Bam. He's in really? COVID protocols. Oh, come on, Bam. Yep. Right before playoffs. I think it came out like two days, like a day or two ago. That is so ridiculous. He's not playing game one. You're going to play. Ooh, oh, this. man. I totally forgot the Bucks. They also, yeah, they got Wesley Matthews. They also got Serge Ibaka on their team. Wait, they do? Yeah, they got Serge Ibaka. They also got Grayson Allen, another pesky defender. Yeah. And then I'm an idiot that I haven't mentioned Chris Middleton this entire time. So, yeah, Chris Middleton, Chris Middleton. in the threes. I mean, yeah, that's this is a pretty impressive roster. Let me go ahead and see what Miami has cooking. Miami Heat. But, you know, Miami, Tyler Hero, Butler. I forgot Victor Oladipo and Kyler Lowry are there. Yeah, Oladipo right. hasn't played much, though. Okay. Because I bet you they were saving him probably for the playoffs. Oh, and B.J. Tucker out here. Yeah, it's been a while since I remember all the, the rosters. I yeah, used to do no. that all the time when I was younger. But, <laughs> I mean, I'm all about – I'm still rooting for, for the Bucks. Cause I think the Bucks are the, the team in the East. Because I don't want it. I don't want it to be Philly. I'm sorry. I work mm-hmm. around the Philly area, and I the last thing I need is for all these Philly people to get excited about the NBA championship possibly falling in their laps. And I'm like, I can't do it. I can't. They're not it. that good. I know they are good. It's, they're very very good, but they're not there. They're not there. Yeah. All and, right. So before we move on from topics, your finals matchup. If you had a start from today. Today, Suns, Suns, Bucks. Okay. That's actually who I have. Yeah, Suns, Bucks. I think it would be a repeat. If it started today. Year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that would still go seven games. Yeah, I, I think so too. It's tough for me to say the Bucks because I think the Celtics could make that push mm-hmm. to get there. But I think if they played the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals, Tatum and Brown have gone to the finals three times, played mm-hmm. Eastern Conference Finals a few times. But I think Giannis just edges them out just a little bit on mm. that scope. So I think that's where you see it. And then you finally see next year of the Celtics going, okay, we've got majority of these pieces that we need. We need a couple other things. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be that team to beat for a little bit, for a little while. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Let's I think show. it would be cool if it was Suns Bucks because then it would be great to see Javon Carter, our guy from WV, get playing time because he didn't get playing time in the finals oh last year. God, that can was you imagine? so stupid to put Alfred Payton in all the time instead of him. I'm like, it wasn't, Al- it wasn't Alfred Payton. It was it was campaign. Campaign. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Because I I just think like that could just be a huge like f you. For him to be playing against the Suns, the team that traded him away for, for I don't even know who the hell they got back, but to hopefully see him prosper and like D them up and steal it from Chris Paul would actually be super amazing. I need to get me a Javon Bucks jersey. I have a Suns jersey. I think I need to get me a Javon Bucks jersey. I think if so. they win the finals, call me on this. If they win the finals, I will buy myself one. All right, I'll get one too. Perfect. We can match. And then that could be a cover on our Instagram or a post. <laughs> I love it. All right. Let's swing into what you got on tonight, Kevin. Yes. All right. So I'm pretty, I'm letting everybody know right now for those that are watching on the YouTube at the Mailing Musings podcast. Obs. 
Um, I think I'm going to just keep rocking with my basketball jerseys until it's tank top weather, unless there's something fun that I need to bring up my wrestling tees. But I am rocking an old school uh, Nike Swingman, Allen Iverson, Hall of Famer, the GOATs. This was a part of my infamous uh, quarantine purchases. This jersey I got on the E of Bay's $45. I honestly could not believe the price. I had to just get it. And nor because normally, if you notice, the stars on here still intact. Everything still looks pretty good. Normally, for that price, the stars are all like washed out from being in the washer. Shout out to whoever had this because they took really good care of it. And I promised them that this is also going to be well taken care of in my collection. So this is my jersey for today. Merit, shout out to your tie-dye hat again. But I think the story is the shirt that you have on, sir. Yeah, I had to bring back the tie-dye hat because of the shirt. Um, So tonight, I literally just got this in. I ordered it off of Etsy because I'm doing a 90s party, like I said last week. Out to Etsy. Um, and my whole outfit is Billy Hoyle. If no one knows who Billy Hoyle is, go watch White Man Can't Jump. But this is 30 year show. anniversary, FYI. 30 years, baby. Right here. Pretty incredible. I love it. Like, I saw the shirt and I was like, I have to get that because, like, it's awesome. I love the movie. I've watched it like four times in the past two weeks. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I've uh, on Hulu. Yeah, on Hulu. Uh, there you go. So it's been, I'm excited for it. I ordered the sneakers. They should be in, I think, next week. I'm very excited for you. I'm very excited about those shoes. They're just, I'm going to, they're going to turn into just yard shoes eventually, but that's speeders, fine. Speeders. Speeders. Yeah. They're fun. My wife okayed it. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Oh, you got shout outs. Dude, I, I told okay, the wife, yeah. I told the wife here, I was like, that'll be like a hundred bucks. And she goes, oh, okay. I'm like, Kevin told me I should do it because my shoes don't look good enough for what I have. She goes, Okay. I was like, appreciate you, wifey. You're the best. Yes, she is. All right. Let's now dive into the meat of this episode. Sorry, y'all. We, yeah. We ran a little long on a little long winded on our weekly sports update, but hey, we had a lot to talk about. It happens. That. It happens. Um, so we're going to talk about the sports industry, our stories, how we got into it. Of course, Kevin and I both have sport management degrees from West Virginia University, mm-hmm. uh, like many other people out there. Kevin is still in the sports industry. I have not been in the sports industry for, God, five, five years, six, six years, something like that. I would say I'm sort of in the sports industry. Sort of. Yeah, I'm you're, definitely you're... not in the sports industry. The line of work that I do is definitely not like what me and Merritt used to do. But, you know, I definitely say it's in the sport-esque industry. Okay, okay, I'll take that. But, like, you still go to work at MetLife almost every Sunday, so. Yeah, that's true. But in a different spam. But I get it, game day ops. No, I mean, still part of it. Yeah, you're still, you're still, you're, you're running your own little store there. You're running one or two stores. Like, you're still doing game day stuff, so it's, that's pretty cool. Um, Yeah, it's long days. Fun, but yeah. like long days, like the- I'm starting to get too old for it. Truthfully, sound like everybody. I'm getting too old for this. Um, so yeah. Ke- Kevin, kind of walk people through. How did you 
get from, you know, we graduated, you graduated 2012, I graduated 2013. How did yeah. you get into your sports career and how'd you get to where you are now yeah. and things? My gosh, we haven't had one of these type of conversations probably since like our first episode. I know. But um, so my sporting career started my senior year of college at WVU. Um, I had an internship at a division two school in Philippi, West Virginia at Alders, Alderson Broadus, yes. yep. go Rattlers. Um, so what I did for them was I was a part of their game day management along with their associate athletic director. So for me, uh, one of the things I would be doing is I would be setting up the locker rooms for the other teams, making sure they're clean, nothing's crazy in there. I escort them when they arrive to their lockers, give them their keys. Um, I escort the referees to their lockers when they arrive, make sure they're okay. Uh, I'd be setting up the chairs for the home team and taking them down when the games were over. Uh, I was in charge of the the music. So oh my I had to make sure like I was playing the right music. So you would have the women's basketball games then the men's basketball games yep. and you have to have like a certain like CD that's for each team. And then I remember I didn't know which CD I put in cause they just needed music. You're like, Kevin just throw music on. I had no idea it was the women's CD and you can tell by like the songs on it. And like the players are looking up at me like, yo, change the freaking music. And I'm like, this is the only CD I have up here. So they're all pissed off. That yeah, uh, I would do. Um, yeah, they're always angry, but they were nice afterwards. Like, you know, thanks for playing our music. Like, no problem. Um, but I used to do like help out, get, help out their concession stands, making sure they have like the supplies they need going out and grabbing their stuff. Then when basketball season was over, I was the PA announcer for their softball and baseball games. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I would drive down to Philippi. I have to make sure I have a voice. And, like, I would be, like, doing announcements over the loudspeaker. So I would have, like, the script of, like, welcome to your WBIACC matchup with your, with the uh, Billing Jesuit Redbirds and your Alderson Brothers Battlers. Please stand, rise for the national anthem. And while they play the national anthem, oh my and god! I do like the the announcement, so I I got to have fun with it because I got to know like some of the players. So like at least for the softball team, because my the guy I worked for, the assistant AD, was the coach of the women's softball team. Yep, so I got to know them, so I got to like for their last game, um, I got to like call out all the seniors and like where they're from, and like no one has ever like done that for them before. So like they were like, oh my god, he's saying like where I'm from right now. What is he doing? So like I like look because they're like, how'd you know? I'm like, well your, well your towns are on the, the damn website. So it was not that not that hard. Yeah, like um, we can look that up. It's pretty easy. So that was really cool. I I love doing it. Um, I finished all my hours early, so I kind of stopped so I can just enjoy the rest of my senior year. Um, but I appreciate everything that those people at Alderson Broadus have given me. There was a lot of fun, great people down there, even though driving down there is kind of scary, yeah. but still, still got number of love for them out there. Um, my sporting journey continues when I graduated. 
Mm-hmm. So I got two little part-time jobs. I got the job you mentioned earlier, working at MetLife Stadium. Yes, sir. Or as a retail supervisor that I still have till this day. Um, so hey, I would run the stores. Oh, yeah. The, the stores of the 100-level concourse, I would run those there as the main supervisor, handle any issues. And then uh, because we have two teams in the stadium – flip-flopping the merchandise from Jets to Giants, Giants to Jets, a whole fun deal. Um, Been there since 2012, still there. This year is going to be my 10th year. My God, I can't believe it's my 10th year. I don't know if I can go on anymore, but, you know, I love the atmosphere of game day. There's just no other feeling like game day. So to be able to have that, the job to give that feeling again like you know when you're younger playing a game there's no other feeling so like I just kind of embrace it I used to take it a little more seriously honestly when I was younger but at the same time getting older I'm just like man I'm just gonna come here I'm gonna have fun enjoy it enjoy it and if people don't care the hell with them uh so I've got an opportunity to do a lot of fun things I've worked the Super Bowl when it was here in 2013, 2014, one of those years. I got to where WrestleMania was here. The first time I was here in 2013. So I've had the opportunity to do a lot of different things, which has been cool. Um, also worked at Rutgers for a year. I worked at Rutgers University in their ticket office. So any of their ticket operations, I'd be doing uh, calling season ticket holders if they want their road game tickets, packaging their stuff. Uh, handling uh, one of my main duties was handling the non-Olympic sports recruiting booth, which was a joy. That's cool. Uh, I've done that before. Yeah. So basically I'm just standing in front of the booth, making sure the recruits have an ID and they have their athlete with them. I give them their tickets and hopefully they're going into the game. Most sports are good. Uh, One sport in particular, which I won't say was never as compliance um i'll just say instead of them show, coming up with an id they'd be like oh you know he's 14 here's an here's an article on him there's his name on it i'm like all right well here's his names on it so i guess i can let him in which you know we had to make sure we do that for certain teams but i thoroughly enjoyed the recruiting booth i got to like interact with other schools i remember i ran the recruiting booth for when howard was there Army, Syracuse, and UConn were playing Rutgers, cool. and also Louisville. Oh, and I was cool. there the night when the Rutgers, we could have went to the Orange Bowl that year, but Teddy Bridgewater killed us. And yeah, I that was the worst night ever because we had so many people put in tickets. They were ready to go to the Orange Bowl because all we had to do was just win. You just needed to win the game. And we were going to the Orange Bowl, but we lost. And I remember going into work. That was a Thursday night going into Friday. All I had to do was answering calls and saying that they would like to cancel their bowl ticket orders because we weren't going to the Orange Bowl. And that was that was tough. Um, but I remember that was a lot to deal with. That was a during the time when Rutgers was on the verge of going into the Big Ten. It was like their last year in the Big East before they made the switch over. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. 
it was only a part-time gig. They only had me on contract from like August till around January because okay. they finally realized, oh, we can just have student interns do what you're doing and not pay you guys. We're like, oh. So like, I remember I got a call. I was like, hey, Kev. So you're pretty much done. We actually overspent on your contract and they're just going to use interns from now on. I'm like, all right. And, you know, tried to like see if I can get another job in, but they didn't have it at the time. So I wasn't going to wait around. Um, and then I went on a different side of sports and I got into the market research mm, job of sports. I, for I forgot you had this one. Yes. So I worked in New York City over for a company called Cantar Media. Uh, way I got this job was we had uh, one of our fellow WV alums was like, hey, are you looking for like an internship or anything? And I'm like, honestly, I'm looking for anything at this point. So she pointed me in the direction of someone who was a WVU alum that worked in New York City and was looking for an intern to help her out with her business. And pretty much my job is working with um, with this uh, image monitoring system. And pretty much I would be watching the games and tracking how long the sponsorships would be on screen. Mm. Um, so shout out to that interview. Shout out to Tracy, one of the my favorite bosses ever. Um, she pretty much was like, she honestly, we spent an hour talking about WVU because <laughs> she, um, because I know she's also a part of the Mac, so she's a part of like one of the donors. She know she knew a lot of heavy people, Damn. and she was, yeah, she was, she was in the same graduating class as Rich Rod and uh, the guy that owns the Arizona Diamondbacks. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't know the guy from and owned Oliver and oh. Oliver Luck. Oh my god, that's yeah. Class. So like, yeah, she was the real deal, and she would talk to me about like stuff. She's like, yeah, uh, I know who I know who I know who's coming. We might get him, but this is this. Uh, hopefully, they can stand strong with this one, or it'd be like, yeah, uh, I that's the one dot that hurts because we could have had him, but then his handlers decided to take him to a different visit and then they made him commit on the spot, which is, I know there's so many different things that she told me that probably shouldn't be repeating on here, but those are long. Yeah, we don't know that we, you're not saying names here. Fine. Yeah. Uh, but I loved working for her. She was the best. Um, and I had a feeling that something was up when she actually ended up bouncing from the company we were at and uh, pretty much we were kind of like, you know, pretty much drowning in whatever we were doing. Like they just, we were looking for answers on what we we're going to do with our project. They wouldn't answer back because they're all the way in France. Um, in the beginning, I liked the job. I'll say that. Um, so I got to do a bunch of different events. Our main project was NHRA drag racing. So tracking the sponsorships on the cars, yep. along with the verbal mentions that the car drivers do. So you're thinking you're going through possibly a two to four hour event in which you have to go through and monitor all of the sponsorships. No, thank you. Yeah. Well, in the beginning, it was cool. But after when it took you like a whole month to do like one day, one race, you kind of just like your eyes just hurt from looking at the damn computer screen. Oh, yeah. So from there um i remember we did that 
we did March Madness, all the games. Yep. So that was pretty cool. So it was, I got to monitor the sponsorships there for that event. A couple of outlier events. We did the Pacquiao versus Mayweather matchup. So we tracked the, their main sponsor of the ring was Tecate. Yep. So we tracked Tecate and then we tracked all the sponsors on each of their shorts, which is pretty cool. And then we also did um, some like outlier games. We did uh, for Staples Center games for when to track Staples. We tracked Barclays for some Brooklyn Nets games. So it was a good time. I was there for quite some time. I think I was there for like three years. Yeah. Um, And then until pretty much day before Thanksgiving, I get a call from my boss from France pretty much saying, hey, we're not renewing your NHRA deal. So that means your uh, contract deal will officially have been ended. Um, So basically they were just saying, if I were to finish out my work, whenever your work is done, then you're good, free to go. What they didn't know is they totally missed the loophole in that I never took any PTO days. So I left a month early and said, see ya. Oh, so um, I felt bad for my boss, but I was like, I just got told from HR that my last day is next week. And he goes, what? And I was like, yeah, it's next week. So then that was pretty much it. And then I, I, I you know, I was... I was out for a job for a little bit. Then I started to work at the Red Bull Arena. Same thing what I was doing mm-hmm. at MetLife. But I just didn't enjoy the environment there. Maybe because I think there's a couple of things. Maybe I'm not a, I'm not a huge soccer guy. Well, also that so, arena, that arena up until like a couple of years ago was god awful. Yeah, it's not the best. It's definitely, I mean, it's nice for soccer. But yeah. the how to get there. So like, for instance... I had to go over there and I had to pay for parking as an employee. And I'm like, are you serious? You can't like just let me in. But they were like, yeah, you got to pay. I'm like, it's like part of that's like a cut of like what I'm making already. I'm giving yeah. you part of my, my shift. So I was like, I, I stepped away from that. And that pretty much ends my journey. Cause then I just decided to go in the journey where I am now and I'm honestly I'm grateful for all the stuff that I've done before because I wouldn't have been able to handle what I'm doing now and yeah you know I I I what I do I wish I did a little bit more in sports I know you're gonna give us your resume and what yours is absolutely fantastic Mine but, is, mine's nothing know, compared to some of our our classmates and people we still yeah i mean shout out to like i wish we can get some of them on here i would love to oh, we job will. it up with them i'll we talk definitely to, will I'll, I'll talk to a few of them i know i know a couple of them would would like to join in and talk about stuff but yeah, yeah. merits <laughs> enough about me you, you you up sir um so let's see sports journey started I think it was the summer between senior and my super senior year. I did a internship at Southern New Hampshire University, kind of the same lines of what you were doing at Alderson Broadus. Um, but basically I did softball games, summer lacrosse games, baseball games. Like I was handling books and doing that. Also I was working within the uh, sports information department. So 
moving things over from a photocopy to a digital copy, working in the equipment room, doing all these odd ends. Like I was there three or four days a week. Where was this? uh, Southern New Hampshire University in New Hampshire. Mm, Okay. Um, It's the biggest, one of the biggest online schools in the in the country so you know <laughs> everyone knows it for that but it is a nice school they they were d2 d2 or d3 um basketball program is one of the best in new hampshire for a long time um but yeah that's that, that was my first technical sports job besides like retail positions that i think all of us have held um and then Fast forward, I didn't have, did not do an internship in my final year at West Virginia just because I didn't need to. So there was no point in me getting another internship for a couple of months of adding to the chaos that was my super senior year. Um, <laughs> I, I was part of different groups and different other things within school. Um, so there was just no time. After I graduated, I actually had a internship in Boston um, that I was at three days a week and it was unpaid, which sucked, but it was doing marketing within sports, um, trying to find calendar events, doing that kind of stuff, kind of not on the lines of what you were doing, Kevin, at your marketing role, but more or less like trying to plan the events. Like I mm-hmm. got to go to an event with Brian Kelly, who is now the LSU football coach, um, a couple other coaches in the area at Fenway Park at like six or 7 a.m. I got up, was down in Boston at a certain time. Like I was having a blast, but granted it cost me, you know, I was working, you know, at my retail job four days a week, maybe five, maybe five, depending uh, on my internship schedule. So I was making money, but I was spending majority of it just getting to Boston because um, that's that's not cheap <laughs> for that. But I had applied to a bunch of different jobs um, within the sports world through Teamwork Online. Uh, if anyone is a sport manager major who works in sports, they know Teamwork Online because that's where basically you find every, that is the website for everything. That's literally you, everything. That's where you'll find all your sports jobs. Um, so I was been applying to a different couple different uh, ticketing jobs. I never had any experience selling tickets. I had no experience doing anything like that. I had had experience telling people what kind of shoes they should wear and all that fun stuff. Uh, so I interview. I went through three rounds of interviews for this position. I initially did not get it. So I was told, Hey, you know, and we'll talk about the school in a minute, but they're like, well, Hey, you shouldn't try and apply to the North Texas position. Same, same overall company, the Aspire group, which our buddy Howard works for uh, Mm -hmm. over in Maryland. Shout out to the Aspire group. That's a, they used used to to be Rutgers. Yeah. They used to be a Rutgers school. Yeah. And the two schools that I worked out under them used to work with them too, but they no longer do. Um, and my, then my, my boss, before I knew he was going to become my boss, basically was like, Hey, we're a bigger school. So you'd probably be drowning. You need to learn and develop. I was like, okay, that's fine. Like I, I get it. Um, so I applied to North Texas. I had a conversation with the guy. Um, 
great. But like I was emailing my, the other guy back and forth, just being cordial, like asking questions. Cause I was learning. I wanted to learn. I wanted to get into sports and everyone told me you got to get the only way into sports is through tickets. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like there's people that do other stuff in sports, but okay, that's fine. Um, and so as I've had these conversations with this guy, I have met my internship. I go to lunch and he calls me. He goes, hey, the guy from North Texas is going to call you today. I was like, oh, he goes, he's going to give you the job. I was like, oh, wow, that's awesome. Thanks for telling me. He goes, I'm calling because I'm offering you the job out here. I was like, Oh, really? Because yeah, how you interacted with me and how you handled yourself really spoke to me. I talked to my boss. Talk, he talked to his boss. We can we can add you to our class. So uh, this is right before July fourth. I had to be out in Arizona by July eighth. Was my start date. My boss Holy is like, smokes. my boss goes. You can get here on. July 10th. That's fine. And my dad goes, no, you get out there July 8th. That's when you're supposed to start. I was like, that's fine. I'll get there on, out on July 8th. 48 hours in a car, bro. Driving across country. Um, so I worked at Arizona State University, uh, the Sun Devils, for about a year and a half or so. And had a great time. You know, a sports industry, there's a lot of ups and downs. There was days where you had the highlights of hitting a great, you hit a sales goal and there's days where you don't hit anything and you're just calling aimlessly through your list of people. Um, but I got to work with the football team. I worked closely with the women's basketball team, the women's soccer team. I thought that was the coolest thing. I was in charge of running group events and selling tickets for the women's soccer team. And at one point I sold more tickets than anyone had ever seen there, um, which was fantastic. But that leads into the story of like the athletic director at the time at ASU left and went to the University of Texas. So he leaves, a new guy comes in and basically says, hey, we don't really think we guys need this many people. We had sold out the Pac-12 championship game that was in Tempe. Um, we sold out a bunch of different things. We had crushed every goal that we needed to hit. And he was like, no, you can cut your staff like by a third or by, by half. So myself and about 12 or 13 other people sit in a conference room and one guy goes, man, it would be really funny if they just came in and told us that they're, we're getting fired. And all of us kind of turn and go, can you just shut the fuck up? Like, that's not funny. It's only like 8 a.m., like 9 a.m. Like I can't drink yet. <laughs> like I can't go home and just get plastered. Um, so that's what happened though is I got let go from my job. Um, not because anything I did wrong or anything. It was because of budgeting and athletic direction. Um, but I got a text message from my boss because I was supposed to work at UCLA versus ASU women's soccer game that night. I had everything in my bag ready to go. They sold, We had sold that game out. That's only a thousand seat stadium. It's very, very small. There was standing room on the sidelines and stuff. I, my boss is like, this is phenomenal. Like whatever you did, this is great. So it was, it was really nice to see that. Um, then you have your meetings and everything afterwards. Like you're told, Hey, get your stuff. You'll have another meeting and another, you know, 
in like a day you'll come back and we'll have a meeting okay come back the next day have a meeting with my boss his boss i was like i want to get into the retention side so i was selling tickets i wasn't just getting a book of business and retaining those customers and increasing their value over time i had to make the book of business and give it to them basically uh so i had applied to a couple of positions with georgia tech and the university of texas and both positions offered me um i went to university of texas i thought that would just be a better fit uh, mainly because money wise you could make a lot of money because it's texas let's be mm-hmm. honest like <laughs> it's university of texas those fans are so crazy you know about their the longhorns that it just made sense to me so i went there in november of 2014 i moved from tempe arizona to austin texas which is a 17 hour drive drove there stayed with some cousins that i had in the area moved into an apartment complex that was crappy horrible like dingy um where a lot of college students live where a lot of not so good people lived um i had pit bulls run after me a couple times that where i had to jump in my car all this crazy stuff texas i if asu was like the pinnacle of my career texas was the bottom of my career um we worked 70 hours a week at times you're only getting paid you know, and a lot of sports people know, you don't get paid a lot in your entry-level positions in sports. They they use it as, hey, you can make money by selling a bunch of tickets or doing certain things and you'll get X amount, which if you're driven by that, you can be successful. But if you're like, you're, like you or me, we're not driven by that. We just, I, my, my whole thing was, I just want to make sure my clients are happy. So when I started doing the retention side and getting people back in and having those conversations, it wasn't about upselling. It wasn't about adding on season tickets. Like, oh, they have football season tickets and they're already spending $200,000 on those season tickets. Like with their donations and all this, let's get them to do basketball. They just dropped quarter million dollars over here. Do you really think they're going to drop money here? probably not i'm being realistic i'm being smart about it um so my book of business wasn't really blowing up there's other people that did very well at that but like for me i made sure every single one of my clients was happy i still get text messages from a couple of my clients every now and then just to either wish me a happy birthday say how are you doing i'm in the air like when i used to live in new hampshire i had one that would drive through went to maine like I made those personal connections. So if you're in the sports industry, if you want to get in the sports industry, biggest thing is make a personal connection with either your boss, your potential boss, your boss's boss, or the people you work with around you, or your book of business. Make it personal. Enjoy the conversations. Don't just go to work and they go, I got to do this. And we all did that. We all do that. But enjoy those things because I have two of my best friends are from the time of Texas and Texas was not a good time personally for me. Um, I moved back from New Hampshire or from Texas to New Hampshire in 2015. I left sports and never thought I would go back because I was so burnt out. 
um, working overtime, working so many hours. That's the sports industry for you. You work a lot of hours mm-hmm. and, and you, you don't realize that you think, oh, I'm going to work 40 hours this week. Awesome. No, no, no. No, if you worked 40 hours, you were lucky. Yeah. Like football season, you worked every football home football game. That's, you know, depending on the game, like that's a Saturday game. You got to be at the stadium three hours, you know, three or four hours end. prior. Yep. So you're working a full day and you have one day off. And, not, and, you know, when I was at ASU, if we had a Saturday night game and you worked it, because you didn't have to always work. It was like a rotating schedule on what you did. Mm-hmm. But if you worked the game, you could either have the Friday, you would have a half day on Friday or you get a half day on Monday, which one ever you, which you would prefer, which didn't matter. Uh, I usually took the half day on Friday, just it's Friday who (laughs) doesn't want to get out of work early on Friday um, and did that. When I moved back to New Hampshire, I left sports. I did tech sales. I tried to get into finance. Worst decision of my life. Don't ever, if you're in finance, (laughs) more power to you for passing those tests. Like I, no, I'm just not that kind of person. I can do my own finances. I can read the stocks. I can do, I can do that, but I can't do money management for other people. Um, but I got back into sports through a temp agency. So I was looking for a job. I basically wasn't happy at my tech job because I was driving an hour to an hour and a half every day back mm-hmm. one way to this job and making very minimal money. So I started looking again and found a job at New Hampshire Motor Speedway, which like drag racing, it's for NASCAR. It's the NASCAR um, oh, yeah. site in New Hampshire. They used to house two races a year. They only have one now. They do like other events and other things. They were trying to do a country concert. They have other stuff that goes on up there, which is neat. They do Tough mutters and all that. That might have been the worst sports job in the world. Oh, oh my God. Like, I, I got paid, like, decent money. Like, I think I had a salary. I wasn't, you know, you could make bonus for hitting go- goals, but you made a salary. I sold nothing. I repeat, $0 in sponsorship in six months. Zero. Oh, my God for like a month of the time i there was one month where i literally did nothing and i just like tried to call these different sponsorships should i get sponsorship to oh you're be on the left corner like this it just did not make sense to me so my boss and i actually had a meeting in like april of 2017 and he and i are both like this isn't working we tried we really did. And I'm like, I tried my best. Like, it's just so hard to sell something that honestly, I don't care about. That's a fact. That like, is I got to fact. go to, I got to go to Daytona. I would, if, if, even if you're not a NASCAR fan, go to the Daytona, the, the Daytona 500. It is so cool because you can be standing and having a conversation with somebody. And as the cars come around the fourth turn and come down the straightaway and hit turn one, you can't hear, but once they get around turn one and get all the way to the other side, normal conversation. It's so cool. The infield is amazing. Like I, 
that was the, probably the highlight was being able to do that event. That was so cool to me um, and not have to work. I met Jeff Green. I ha- I've had some really cool experiences in sports. Yeah. In my current job, I've taken a lot of what I've learned from my sports jobs and put it into what I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm never getting back into sports. I don't think I will ever, unless like I get asked to be like a general manager, I find a way to get like a higher paying job in sports and it's easy. It's tough. I think that's what a lot of like, like even you and I like growing up, I don't think we truly realize like how hard it is to like be sustainable in sports. Yeah. It's working in sports is it's, it's passion driven. If yep. you're not passionate about your job, you are going to burn yourself the hell out of a job very, very quickly. Yeah. So, like thinking of thinking of it, so Merritt, you you graduated 2013. You were out of sports by 2015. Yeah, so I was out of sports the first time. Um, 2014 by 2015. No, no I, I was in sports for like two and a half years. Yeah. And then I, and then I left and then was, so in total, I was probably in sports for three years. Yeah. And then like me, I was probably, I mean, if I can, if I count my market research job, then I'd be for like three years also. But if I actually count like my job at Rutgers, I was definitely only over like seven months. Yeah. So like these jobs, sometimes you only have them for like, a, a certain amount of time and it's super it, it's because it's one of the things i always think about because when i was leaving Rutgers, i was just about to start the new internship in new york city for the market research job if what if i didn't take the market research internship and i went into like and i just went and tried to go make it at Rutgers, what would my career journey end up being right it's interesting um yeah. do i regret my choices uh no because i think i'm happy where i'm currently at now and I'd, i think I'd say so yeah and i think we you and i both agree like we definitely use a lot of the hard times we went through from our sporting times and have used those to become better people now yeah. than what we're currently doing yeah I think, um i think the biggest thing is like you said sports your sports job is passion-based like you've got to have a drive if if you and i were working at west virginia doing ticket sales like easy easy i think that would that we would be going we weren't really we really wouldn't be going to work honestly no it would just be talking to people about sports about how crappy our teams are how good our teams are like whatever it is but like that's that's the thing the other part of it is you make connections like i was saying like you make personal connections um I have a good friend still from ASU that I talk to every now and then I have two really good friends from Texas. So like those connections is what sports brings. And that's what I thought was the best thing about it was I have friends still to this day from the sports industry. I still, we still have classmates that still work in the sports industry and I give them more, more power to them. They work their butts off. They got to where they are and they're doing phenomenal jobs. Like, one is a general manager, or I, I, maybe the assistant, or is the general manager for a minor league team. The other one is a high end, I believe, 
operations manager for a minor league team. So like, one's one of ours is a operations manager for for a national team. I yeah. mean, like we, we are we have a lot video talk videographers for an NFL football team. We have all these guys and girls that do phenomenal things that stayed in the sports industry. And I, I applaud them for that. Good for you guys. Happy to see you guys succeed. It was not for you and I for the long term, but you, we, we all learned something from that experience of learning young. I think that was yeah. the best part is like, we didn't get into sports like later in our career. You got into it early. Mm-hmm. And we're like, let's be honest. When I said when I saw that I was going to be making $21,000 a year when I was working at ASU, I thought I was making millions. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. broke ass college kid coming into getting that much money. I was like, yeah, I could pay my rent. I paid my car. I had plenty of money to do whatever I heck I wanted afterwards. Yeah. And like, I, I mean, that reminds me of when I finally got like put on to my market research job. I was making just a little bit more, but still in that 20 range. And I was like, yo, yeah, I got a job. I'm working in New York City. I'm good. And I'm like, but I just like, I think it's just because we were young. And yeah, it doesn't like, hit you until like, I look back on it. When I made, when I went to Texas, I got a $3,000 pay bump, but all this other stuff. Um, but then I, I left sports and then I made more money mm-hmm. and made a little bit more money. Uh, and then I got back into sports for a little bit and I made about what I was making in my other job, like mm-hmm. in the forties. I was like, Oh, okay. I'll take that. Yeah. And then I realized it wasn't working. And I was out of a job for two months working like a side hustle, working a, in a retail store for a little bit. And then got into recruiting, which I've been in since 2017. Mm-hmm. And take the experiences like we had, like we said, and, and you use those experiences and build up. Um, yeah. I mean, I think every one of the things I say is I think everything happens for a reason. Certain things you might be doing may not realize. I mean, I'll say it, you know, I don't think I ever thought I would ever be back in retail again after coming back from college. But sometimes there are certain things you might have a calling for and you might have a knack for. And sometimes you just have to roll with it. And um, I I like to call it uh, accentuating your positives and maybe hiding your negatives. But um, yeah, Mary, did you see the little question that I wrote down in yeah, that one. If money is not an option. No, no, no. Job- the, the next one that I just put in right above uh, that. No, it has not updated. Hold on. Let me update it. Update it. Uh, oh, man. Now I do. I need to tell Andrew he needs to update our sheet because. Uh, yeah. Whatever happened to him, Andrew, producer, yo, get on this. This is what we should probably text him to do right now. No, he, 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 he's drunk. We'll talk to him later about it. It's easy. So basically, I was asking, what was your welcome to sports moment? Ooh, what do you mean? All right. So what do you mean by welcome to sports moment? Um, so my welcome to sports moment, as in you went to work, you had a hell of a day, and then you're like, wow, this is 
working in sports. I'll tell you mine. Then if I tell you mine, okay. maybe you might get an example. Yeah. So one of when I worked for the Rutgers ticket office, I told you, you know, I was taking calls. I was, you know, talking to season ticket holders, packaging their tickets. So for a week, they took the entire male side of the part-time ticket associate staff, took us to the football stadium and said, gave us a wrench and a socket, like a, one of the socket wrenches. And he goes, we have cushion seats you guys got to put in for season ticket holders. We got about 25,000 of them. So go, you got to grab them from under the stadium. You got to bring them up to where they're supposed to go. You got to put them in. We had the whole week to do it. I just remember the first day it started raining and all we had was a wrench and the other socket to hold it. And he had to do it by hand. I just remember I left going home. It was there from 730 to around five o'clock each day. And I remember going, holy shit. Well, I'm working in sports. This is working in sports. And I remember it, they, they, they realized it got ridiculous because they finally gave us drills like on the Wednesday. So we literally drilling. Like, I swear, I got the best tan ever. I still have a photo of me on the football field celebrating after it stopped raining so we can finish the work we were supposed to do. Oh my God. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was crazy. You're talking 20, I think it was 22,000 seats we put in. Oh my God. Yeah. That was my uh, welcome to sports moment. Shout out to Rutgers university for doing that to me. But all of us guys, we got closer together from it. We're like, Hey, we're out here grinding. Got a hell of a tan. Yeah. So like but, you, you kind of have to, it's, it, it's, it's what you get out of it of like, Oh, well, you know what? I'm doing something. Yeah. Um, man, my, so I think I'm going to have two because there was one that stands out to me. I think my first one was when, you know, I started in July. Uh, so you have no football going on, no sports. Like you're just trying to build a client base. Um, and we had our first like fall practice or something. And we had season ticket holders come to it, but we also had like potential season ticket holders come to it. And we start doing tours. And I think I realized I was working in sports when all of a sudden I was getting pulled from talking to season ticket holders that I was working with to try to get them to, you know, come back to ASU. And doing tours and running, like getting home afterwards and going, just falling on my bed and going, oh my God, that's exhausting. This is exhausting. And then the other one was we held the Pac 12 championship game. So now the Pac 12 championship game is at the 49er Stadium in San Francisco. 2013 was the last year that it was held by the best in the league record for the Pac-12. So you have the Pac-12 North and Pac-12 South. ASU's Pac-12 South. We had the best record out of all teams internally for the Pac-12. I think we had only lost like one game or two games, and Stanford lost three. 
So we go, Stanford comes down, but we have the Pac-12 like ticket team come down and via the VP of ticket operations for all of Pac-12, he's there. He is helping us. We are selling. I sold, I think, over $150,000 worth of tickets to that game. Then I didn't have to work the game because I worked a doubleheader basketball game and some other event. So I got to have the game off and I got front row tickets. I still have the pictures on one of my old computers of me sitting back and ASU at uh, Sun Devil Stadium. It used to have a track around the football seat field. They've paved over it. So it's a walkway. So you have about 10 feet from the edge of the field to you have the walkway. And then you have your, your wall where the seats are. I'm sitting front row, middle of the field, watching this game. Granted, ASU gets blown out, gets destroyed. I get a call from my buddy. Yo, what are you doing? I was like, well, I was going to go down to Mill, Mill Ave, which is a popular area for all college students, younger adults to go and party and drink and have fun. He goes, don't do it. Come to B-dubs. I'm like, why go to B-dubs? Doesn't sound, he goes, just come. And when you get here, call me. Okay. He worked in ticket ops. So he was over, he, their, their, their part of the stuff was done earlier. So they went over to B-dubs for a little bit. And he's drinking. And he's like, come, come on in. And sit down in the middle of the bar. All of a sudden, all the Pac-12 people that we worked with for the past week come walking in. Like, okay, what's going on? Come to find out they rented out part of the bar for everybody and bought everyone their drinks, everyone their food, got everyone hammered. It, that was like that, the big, like, oh my God, that's, that's so cool. Like that is, that's dope. awesome. Like one of my best sport memories, like doing that and being like, and literally you're just going like, Hey, you want a shot? And all of a sudden everyone is like, yeah, I'll do shots. It's like, it was just cool to be a part of that atmosphere. <laughs> so I would have to say those are my two, like nice. the realization of how much work you put into sports and then also seeing and being a part of the end of it. So I know we're running a little bit over on time tonight, guys, and the last week's episode was pretty long. So we're going to jump into this final question. Um, Kevin, your, I think your question is actually what I wrote down here. So I'm going to take that out. Okay. So we have money, not an option. What job would we like to have in sports via our, my link that I go, got you. Yep. Courtesy of my aunt. Shout out to my aunt, Tino, for sending me this link. I dig it. I think it's a good conversation. Oh, man. There's so many different things on here. All right. So I think I have. You have yours? I think I have my top three. All right, go ahead. Give us. All right, so. One, how long have we been recording? We've been going for a while. We've been about an, a little over an hour. Last week's was an hour and 40 minutes, so we want to oh, make sure. That was that crazy. Long. That was just a rambling mess of crap. I don't even know. <laughs> we should just cut it all out. Um, so I'm going to start with Athletic Scout because it's very similar to what I do now in the recruiting mm-hmm. type world. And this is not in any order of one, two, and three. It's just top three. 
in general. Okay. Um, I think just my my background already, the knowledge I bring for sports, all that, I think that fits. Um, and then I'm going to go down, and this is going to be a huge like swing for the fences and change up here. Um, but I, I want to do, um, oh shoot, where is it? It's on the list here somewhere. Um, none of these higher paying jobs, none of these, I don't really care about, them. <laughs> um, I would probably be the sports statistician, which is a higher paying job, but I love numbers. I love how it breaks down that kind of stuff. And then the final one is a sports reporter, like ESPN guys, like straight up. If I, money was no option, they only paid me $36,000 a year. I did not care. <laughs> I would be a sports reporter because that's kind of what you and I do right now. So love it. I, I think those are my top three choices, but yeah. What, what about you? Um, Again, not in any particular order. I would go sports photographer because Ooh. then I can get my camera skills in even I wish I could be better, but I think that would have been cool. I was semi doing that when I was a sophomore in college, when I got my, big Nikon camera. Um, I think I just, you know me, I'm just full of personality. I think I should be a sports anchor. I think I would be really good at that job because I talk. I got a lot of drama. I could be the next Stephen A. Smith, just not as loud. And also, I also went with the sports statistician, a.k.a. the sports analyst, because I think I would be very good at that job also. But I think it would just be a hell of a lot of fun looking at all the stats. And I could be like that guy, just be like, hey, just so you know, this person in like the last seven games was able to average less than one shot per every five after he shot it at the 70, like, you know, something yeah. stupid that I could have a stat on. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think those would good. be it. I think that's that's the big thing. Yes, that was that was one of the things that I didn't get a chance to cover on our podcast last week because I think you and I both agreed this needed its own day, yeah. which I'm glad we did. Um, yeah. So yeah. I think any any um, I, one last thing I'm gonna say is like anyone that you know Kevin and I had the welcome pleasure to actually talk with sport management students last year. Um, yes, and that was probably the highlight of anything I've done in a long time besides getting married. Oh, don't tell me that was below. your wife will understand that my wife. Was, she knew how excited I was. Um, yeah, that was definitely a lot of fun. Um, I just feel bad that like all the kids that saw what I was doing, thought it was something else or maybe thinking that it's something else. But at the same time, I had a highlight of doing that as well. Yeah. And I remember for the new place that I'm working, I had to put a PowerPoint together. I was like, oh, I, I already have one. They're like, wait, why do you have your own PowerPoint on yourself? And I'm like, hey, I you just gotta have it. I, it was, it was, I was, I had to be ready. Yeah. I, I just remember getting finally asked and like doing it and, and being like, wow, I know my knowledge like isn't as much as some of the other people that have talked, but yeah, it's good to get your, get your stuff out to, to these kids because you never know where they're going to fall. I had like five or six of them reach out to me on LinkedIn. Like there you go. Immediately I, think I, had, after. I think I had like three because I yeah. remember the names on the screen. They added me on there. Yeah, there a lot people. of them. 
a lot of them added me, some messaged me. Um, but you know, I, I think they were all seniors. So hopefully you all are doing well if you ever listen to this rambling of a podcast that we have. Mm -hmm. But um any did did we miss anything, Kevin? Any final notes before we jump? Uh, into I don't think we missed anything on our personal journeys. I had a honestly, I had a great time talking about it. Felt like it was very therapeutic for me. Um, <laughs> Get it out of the system a little bit. One thing I did want to bring up, we didn't talk about it. What are our thoughts on the newest additions to our West Virginia basketball team? Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Merit says two thumbs up. Huge. I also, Huge. I also give it another two thumbs up as well. I'm excited for the what these. Apparently, we have two or three more scholarships left. Yes. Um, I don't know who we're going to go after. I have... listened to the uh, Mountaineer uh, Country Roads Confidential off of 247.com. And they, they, I love listening to them. They're only like a half hour long. So if you're a Dub V fan, this is the podcast to listen to for your extra info. Um, I like the toughness they got in that guard. Um, to their point, my concerns is you're talking about somebody who's only averaging four points a game. Is this, that just an anomaly of the system he was previously in or is he going to be a person that's going to be able to put up numbers right but i am very excited about the big but guy he didn't, he didn't play a lot of minutes in exactly Iowa. So, so that is that also part of it maybe he will need more time so he can put up higher numbers but i'm excited about the big guy the muhammad wagyu i mm -hmm. think we need i don't think we've ever had anybody since 611 he almost looks like Derek culver a little bit if he does he's got quick. the culver look but he's so, not as like Boxy. Not as big. He's yeah. not as big. So he's a little bit skinnier, but 6'11", average a double-double Juco. Not sure how that's going to translate into a Big 12 conference, but I'm just excited that we're going after what our needs are. Um, I trust Huggins said he's going to fix it. I definitely think he's on the verge. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the things we have to look out for, there is another Juco big guy that they're going after. Um, I think – Signing day for Juco guys is the 18th. So, yes. so if but, we don't hear anything within the next week on this guy, he's probably moving on. But we'll see what happens. It's all right. We got a lot of young guys, so it'll be good. Um, I'm excited to see this this MB this this upcoming basketball season will be like in this upcoming football season. I'm I'm intrigued. Me too. Um, we'll we'll hopefully we'll know about JT Daniels on where he decides to go. Yep. Within the next couple of days because you really do want to know mm -hmm. um so you can kind of get into this swing of things but yes. oh um, my gosh i have one more question that i forgot to ask earlier do you i wrote it even down oh my god do you still think that the only way into sports is tickets hell especially, no especially with the way life is now hell in no the world no not at all i i think if you're if you're looking just to get in through the ticket sales side, then you're closed minded um, still to this date. I think you have a lot of different avenues like social media. You have marketing, mm -hmm. you have game day operations. You, there's a lot of different ways, It, but it all depends on what you want to do with that career. They always said if you wanted to do um, like get into an athletic director role or, or ownership type role, like something like that. You mm -hmm. want to have the finance, the, the background of ticket sales. Yes. But why can't you have the operations background and do the exact same thing? Very so there's true. Shout out to Allie LaForce on your screen. She's my favorite CBS TNT reporter. She's great. She but is. like, 
I also think, a baller, great baller player. So I think that there's so many more avenues than when we were graduating. Like social media was just kind of getting a little bit bigger. Just getting teams. the push. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was no Instagram. Like we Instagram, Instagram was in its infancy. It was literally like five months old when we got it. We had Snapchat. No, but like, Snapchat didn't start exploding until we left. No, I was when I was still there, it was Snapchat. Snapchat just started getting bigger. Oh okay. Instagram got big like our junior year, maybe. It was so it was Twitter our sophomore year that was huge. Yeah. Then Twitter started doing the twit pick and when Instagram Vine. got created. And yes, and Vine. So Instagram and Vine was like the peak of like my junior year into yeah. senior year and then instagram started to come up more our senior year and then you started to have instagram be like really big later on yeah and then snapchat my I started think was, your like super senior year yeah it was like that summer between senior and super senior year it started getting bigger um yeah. but all right let's jump into the trivia trivia how many times have the lakers and celtics met in the nba finals all time. All time. I'm going. Going. No. I'm going 14. Ooh, very close. 12. Damn it. Oh, man. I was trying to remember, like, who won each. And oh, I think the Celtics have a little bit more over us. I think so. Yeah. yeah. They have. They, I was still. I'm, I'm very happy that I was close. At least normally I'm way off. Yeah, normally you're just god-awful. Yeah. But that's okay. All right, Kevin, get us out of here so I can go to bed. Yes, Merritt has to go to bed. I'm actually starving, so I need to eat something. But, um, you know, thank you guys for listening in to our little sports talk. If you ever want to talk to us about that stuff, feel free to reach out. But main things, thank you for watching us on the YouTube. Make sure you watch us at the Manly Musings Podcast. Follow us on the Instagram at the Manly Musings Pod. We're available to listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So feel free to make sure you give us a review. We only have three reviews. I would love to see another one on there. So please go ahead and review us. Follow Merritt at his uh, Instagram at Merritt underscore P. Follow me at kqueva624. And you guys just have a great night. Hi, y'all. Oh, Hi. Maybe. Thank you.